The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Good evening. Welcome. Glad you are here. Big show planned, and it is always more fun when you're involved. 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. If you call in, oh my goodness, look at this on loan from WTMJ. Now, it is Aaron. He is here. Uh, Aaron, how are you? Nice to see you. Nice to hear you. Nice to be with you. I don't know how they uh, muscled you into coming in at night, but if you're nice to Aaron, you get to me. That's how it works. And if you want to text us, we'd love you to text too. Here is our text question of the night. Do you still have a landline? And if so, why? And if not, why not? So do you still have a landline? Why or why not? And I will tell you why I'm asking that in just a moment. Uh, we also have Max is here. Max is observing and training because Max will be in with me uh, tomorrow and Wednesday night, and he'll be doing some more things, and then Aaron is popping in and out because, you know, uh, my producers just abandoned me left and right. Tommy and Matt both left. Aaron, uh, thank you for stepping in, so I'm not uh, doing this all by myself. Absolutely. You know I got you, Brian. I know. Listen, I appreciate that, and I, uh, you know, I hope you're hope you're putting in a good word with Max. I don't want him coming in tomorrow going, oh no, this is not going to be good. <laughs> nope, nothing but good things, Brian. How can I say anything bad about you? Come on, tell him I don't. Uh, you know, the clock is a very uh, that's an abstract concept to me. I don't enjoy keeping time. Yeah, no, I'll run anyway, that by him. I'll run that by him. Thank you. Now, you guys are young gentlemen. You probably don't have landlines. Am I correct, Aaron? Oh, I think my parents still have one, but yeah, no, not not the apartment, Max, you? That's a no from Max. That's a no from Max. I also, for the first time in my entire life, in the house we're in now, I do not have a landline. I had a landline all the way up until about three, four years ago, and um, always just one of those because I grew up with a landline. My, my mom still does have a landline in her house. Uh, it was just... That's what you did. If you had a place to live, you had a phone. But now, obviously, we don't need them. And it got to the point uh, when we moved into this house, my wife and I discussed it. And it was like, no, well, if you are a person who loves your landline, you may want to uh, rethink that because it's going to cost you more pretty soon. Uh, Last week, AT&T applied for a waiver that would allow it to stop servicing traditional landlines in California. But AT&T and Verizon are stating that they want to be fully operational on newer infrastructure within the next few years everywhere. There was, it's, it's very funny to go into a house that still has a landline. Now, up until about two years ago, my mom still had her old rotary dial phone in the uh, downstairs. It was still there. It was still operational. And nobody used it. She had... You know, she had the cordless phones upstairs and everywhere else, but there was still that old rotary phone on the wall, which that's how, you know, that's how we grew up. I, uh, when I was little and we would call my grandma, they still had, um, extensions. You know, it wasn't just your number. You had to start with, uh, hers was Stuart. So it was ST and then her number. And I don't know if that, that was in Chicago. So I don't know if that, uh, was the same here in Milwaukee and Wisconsin that you had the extensions. But if you're still hanging on to this, this is not going to be good. They're trying to, the phone providers want to replace older copper wire-based telephone systems, uh, which they call 
P-O-T-S, POTS, plain old telephone service. They want that with a faster, more advanced technology that doesn't work with landlines. And really, it's funny. They did target who is going to be the most affected by this. And I don't think this will surprise you, um, but the shift away from copper landlines will most likely impact people over age 65. And... This is where it gets a little uh, a little tricky, small business owners. The older people, you know, I get it. You want to hold on to that. That's your, uh, these newfangled cell phones are too hard. But even if you still, even if you just have the cordless phones, that system is going away. It's going to cost, uh, it's going to cost customer to, con- to do a conversion to the newer technology. It's going to cost about two to 400 bucks for everybody. But with the small businesses, uh, they're going to be impacted along with anyone who uses fax machines, which is like hospitals, clinics, doctors' offices. Um, it's going to be rough. And the problem is getting to those traditional landlines is hard because they're usually like in a big office building or a hospital. They're down in some room and you can't get to it. But um, people are arguing against it, obviously, because... In rural areas and stuff like that, landlines are really, <clears throat> they say, only the it's the only reliable way to get nine nine one one. It's uh, if you're in a disaster prone area where cell towers and things might get knocked over, landlines are desperately needed for safety and getting a hold of first responders. So it's coming, and if you are if you are holding on to that old technology. It's time to start letting go. All right. Well, that was an abrupt uh, throw to break. That's uh, we're back. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights here until eight. Then it's Bucks Weekly with our man Justin Garcia. Uh, we were talking about landlines going away. The future is not in copper wiring and plain old television service. It is in high speed fiber optic cables. So if you uh, if you do that. You still have it. Mm. You might want to start uh, getting rid of it. From the 414, I have a Hotmail account, which is the email equivalent. That is true. I judge you. Uh, if I get an email from you and you have a Hotmail account, I'm thinking that you're, uh, you're also using one of those old AOL CDs to get on the Internet. Uh, from the 262, I no longer have a landline, which is fine by me because all it ever was was telemarketers. Uh, but Spectrum still pushes the landline through their package deals, claiming it's cheaper to get the package. Yeah, I uh, I think we were with Verizon or something, and they, they tried to do that, too. We are like, nah, we don't need the landline. Pass. Uh, yeah, you're right. It got to a point where nobody ever called. I never answered it. I just let it go to voicemail because it was never anybody I knew. Anybody I know calls my cell, and so I didn't need it. Um, but I was made, I just wanted to uh, I was throwing this out there that sometimes old technology comes back I have uh, I've been seeing all these kids at school now coming into school with discmans remember the discman I saw the first one and I I was like what do you got there and he, the four, it was a fourth grade he goes oh I've got the discman I was like really where did you get the CDs he goes oh my grandpa had them so that was a nice. Uh, that was a nice pick me up. Felt very old. Once you're once uh, I once I have the same media as your grandfather, 
That's not uh, that's not good. But now all these kids are coming in with disc men. I don't know where. I don't know if they're back on the market. I don't know if they're getting them at like a thrift store or online somewhere. But all these kids are coming in with disc men, and I'm like, I thought we got rid of that technology. I thought we were all streaming now. I thought it was all Spotify, because it went from you know went from eight tracks. This is how old, well it went from albums to eight tracks to cassettes, then to CDs. And then, oh, you weren't on a CD. Then you were downloading all your music onto your i uh, your iPod or your Zune that didn't last very long. Now it's streaming, and now we're going back. Now the uh, you know we have vinyl in the house. My wife wanted a record player last year, so everything comes back. So maybe if you just hang on to your landline long enough, you know, in about thirty forty years, it'll all come back, and then you'll you know, but you'll be dead by then. So doesn't really uh, don't really worry about it. Anyway. You know when you're sitting in traffic and you look up and you see the uh, the overhead signs and they're flashing little messages, and sometimes those messages are very funny, like, that's the temperature, not the speed limit, or texting and driving, autocorrect yourself, or camp in the woods, not in the left lane, which is one of my favorite. Well, those humorous signs may be under attack here in Wisconsin. Yes. So they've been doing this for about the last 10 years. They've had these uh, overhead signs that uh, display safety messages, uh, you know, things like that. But they've been very, they've been humorous here in Wisconsin. Well, now might not be able to do that anymore because uh, even though people love these messages, the Federal Highway Administration could ban jokes and pop culture references from overhead highway signs in Wisconsin and across the country by 2026. Who says the government doesn't have a sense of humor? Everybody, because they don't. Why? I, I don't know why this has become a thing, uh, but they're saying, no, we don't want anything fun or subtle or confusing because it might confuse drivers. That I can buy because uh, you've been on the roads. You know most people are driving like they're pretty much confused anyway. So last month, the news broke that these uh, regulations from the uh, Federal Highway Administration could ban jokes and pop culture references, but Wisconsin is standing firm. It's not only a cheese state, not only a dairy state, it is a humor state. So is Wisconsin getting rid of the funny pop culture uh, signs? No, thank goodness. I enjoy those. I, they're corny. Uh, I can read something, you know, they flash them up there for just a couple seconds. If I'm in the right spot in the lane, I can read them. I don't slow down or stop to go, i got to get a new joke. So anyway, we're not getting rid of them here in Wisconsin yet. Uh, according to the uh, updated manual on uniform traffic control devices, I know, you, I know Max and uh, Aaron are reading that right now just to make sure that my story is factually correct. But uh, the M MUTCD <laughs> defines the standards by which road managers nationwide install and maintain traffic control devices, and that says they uh, they want to stop displaying messages with quote obscure meanings. Uh, there's have you ever seen a sign that was so that you had to pull over and go? I wasn't quite sure of the underlying theme of that sign. It was very cerebral, very subtle, very abstract. Perhaps I'll sit here for 10, 15 minutes, perhaps a half hour, trying to figure out what it meant. No, they're all very straightforward. 
Uh, no references to pop culture. And uh, those that are quote-unquote intended to be humorous. Ooh, that's a slam. That's like, hey, you guys don't know funny, so don't even try. And I would disagree. The guidelines go into effect in 2026. Um, at the Wisconsin DOT, we are reviewing the new federal manual. And so as we go through that process, we're going to be looking at different guidelines and requirements in that manual. Um, that according to a spokesperson for the Wisconsin Department of Transportation, said, I can tell that it does, I can tell you that it does not include a ban on humor or pop culture references on dynamic message signs. Then what's all the hoopla about? I think it does. I think he's, uh, getting a little nervous. We're always evaluating what we put out there. We want to be clear, concise, and understandable. We don't want to confuse people. Um, I know one year we had a heavier play on words where we said, Han, Han says, solo down, Leia off the gas. Okay. Is that too obscure? Aaron, would you understand what that meant? I get that one. All right. Yeah, it's not hard. If, you, if you've seen a movie, if you've read a book, if you can read it all, you probably are going to get that. So I... I thought maybe they had a um, a comedian on staff who was doing this. No, it's a committee that goes through and uh, writes all these little things. It includes uh, representatives in engineering, law enforcement, and from F, uh, FHWA. The committee meets monthly to develop and review messages. Um, in addition to the holidays, they're off, they often take inspiration from Wisconsin sports teams. Uh, during the Packers season, they huddle up for the big game. Drive Sober was on there. He added that they seek to be timely with their pop culture references. So there you go. If you, uh, if you think you have a slogan that would be hilarious on one of these billboards, you can, you can submit it to WisDot. They're open to hearing from you. Uh, but, listen, let's be honest. You're going to send in something hor horrifically filthy or double entendres. No. Uh, you have to be mindful and cognizant that it's uh, and DMS's mission and primary focus to promote safe driving. Uh, so, this one was from a Sheboygan native. Hocus Pocus, drive with focus. Sounds like they are also... Sounds like they're also a, uh, a grade school teacher. <laughs> I like this one from the 608. Black ice, drive nice. Very good. All right, we'll put the we'll send that in. From the 262, uh, just wait. Wisconsin will get rid of them after the feds threaten to take away highway funds. If, if I would agree with you if the rules are not clear. If the, if the rules in the new manual, if the guidelines... Leave that room for something funny, then I would say, no, they're not going to do it. They're not going to get rid of it. You want to jump in? 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. Oh, Marquette students getting into the beer business. Talk about that a little bit after this on WTMJ Nights. Exciting news for beer lovers in Milwaukee, of which I count myself as one. I am a beer lover through and through. A group of Marquette University students has created a new beer, 77 Golden Ale. It's going to be on tap at three local breweries. Uh, it's going to be in cans at Pfizer Forum on February 4th, which is uh, February 4th. That was yesterday. Ah, it's that was National Marquette Day. 
the uh, Milwaukee uh, president, or Milwaukee, Marquette president, sorry. <laughs> I need a new prescription. Um, just for my glasses, not for my anything else. So the private craft beer label uh, it was part of this new student-run business venture. Uh, he announced that. It's Blue and Gold Brewing. It was started by four seniors. They didn't know each other before the project. Uh, emails came in from all these various university offices asking student part- for participation in this. They got together and um, they met with the Beer Board, which is a group of Milwaukee alumni, Marquette alumni, with business and brewing experience. Uh, Good City Brewing was there, Gathering Place Brewing, Broken Bat Brewing. Those guys were there. And then uh, Kevin Bauer of DraftGuard and Chuck Swoboda, who is Marquette's innovator in residence. So they were on, they're on the board, too. They wanted to design a beer that would be appealing to a broad range of Marquette alums, so they went with a light, crisp ale. So if you are, uh, if you are around one of these breweries, the, the money, the proceeds from this is going to be split. Uh, the breweries will get a little bit because uh, it's going to be brewed at Good City Brewing. So the breweries involved are going to get a little, and then uh, the rest of the money is going to go to uh, Blue and Gold Brewing to keep going and try to keep this uh, student-run project happening. So if you see it around, 77 Golden Ale, pick it up. Support some uh, young Marquette brewers. That will be a lot of fun. On the other side of the news, if you are a certain age, sometimes computers are your friends, and sometimes they're vicious enemies. Uh, Who can you get to help? We'll talk about that after the news. Right now, we are going to the WTMJ 24-hour breaking news center. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley is standing by. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, here until 8 o'clock. Then it is Bucks Weekly with our man Justin Garcia. Uh, I have learned a lot more about computers and technology since the pandemic. Uh, when things when things shut down and we couldn't go places, uh, a lot of us had to learn to navigate things that seem easy now, like Zoom and Teams and those kind of uh, meeting apps and software, to using different equipment. I know uh, the pandemic led to more broadcasts from my house because we weren't able to get into the studios. And so, all right, how am I going to hook all that up? And how am I going to do this and that? And running, you know, running multiple monitors and computers at the same time and all that kind of stuff. And I never thought of myself as a tech guy, and I don't consider myself a tech guy now. I'm, I've learned how to use more things. Like at school with, uh, and, like Aaron and Max, you probably find this funny, but like how to mirror my iPad onto a screen at school or those kind of things and and create different stuff. Well, all of that is fine, but I'm wondering from you, if you are a certain age and you, yeah, you can use your computer and things are pretty good, but if something big comes along, who do you turn to? Now, a lot of people will say, well, I'll turn to my kids. Uh, unfortunately, my my daughter is very smart, but she is her technology savviness ends with what she needs to do to get her stuff to work. 
You know, I've asked her before a couple a couple times about things. She's like, I don't know, I don't know how to do that. And so, usually I can figure it out. Sometimes I can't, and then I have to talk to either uh, one of the teachers at school who is more technologically savvy, or uh, call. There's uh, I have a one or two friends that are very either they work in computer technology or they know it. My wife will sometimes talk to the IT guy at her office. And that's kind of what we're going through now because I have this old computer and you know I think this computer is probably 15 years old which in it's a desktop an all-in-one. So in computer life this is ancient. This is like using a crank up and it's getting slower and slower and so we bought a new computer and I was very excited. Oh man, we got this new computer, beautiful monitors, everything's going to be terrific. Uh, but the IT guy at my wife's work said, well, what you got to do now is you got to back everything up to OneDrive. That's what you need. You got to back it all up to OneDrive. So you got to buy the account and then back it up. And he was going to, he was going to give her step by step instructions. Well, the computer came and he's on medical leave. So there's no step by step instructions. Um, and I went on yesterday and the, I think what the problem is, are you, are you good with technology, Aaron? I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm savvy enough. I would say nothing too crazy, but I know what I'm doing. All right. And, uh, so here's the, here's the thing I've been trying to, everything on the computer was under my name, you know, cause I set up the old computer 15 years ago. Well, now, because my wife got the OneDrive subscription through work, that had to be under her name. Well, it, nothing was working. And I'm sitting here all day, and I'm trying to brainstorm, and I'm like, all right, well, everything's under my name, so i got to get myself off this account and put myself on her account, and then I've got to try to figure out how to upload all the stuff that's on our computer into the, into the cloud, which I, I don't... I don't claim to understand the cloud. It's a big mystery to me. It seems like a magic trick where all my information is floating around somewhere. Where? In a cloud. Like a literal cloud? No, an information cloud. I don't I I can't be the only one who hears that term and shakes their head and goes, I, I don't get it. I've you know, my I my Apple stuff is on my uh, Apple Cloud or iCloud and I've been able to go in and get it and find it and use it so it's there somewhere. But anyway, I'm doing this, and folders are... Finally, I get it, so things are uploading to the OneDrive. And I'm like, oh, this is very exciting. And all the folders were empty. And I'm like, oh. And I'm Googling all kinds of uh, questions and trying to figure this out. Because I have nobody to call. I My wife knows less about this stuff than I do. My daughter, like I said, doesn't know anything. Uh, I don't want to... I'm not going to go to, like the uh, Geek Squad at Best Buy and have them... Like, I did that decades ago with something. But I'm uh, the Geek Squad. I'm going through all my stuff. So, now it's... Oh, so we Googled it from the 920. Yeah, that's basically what brainstorming, Googling it, and just sitting staring at the computer for a while going, I don't know what's happening. So, it is uh, just for for reference, I have already uploaded... Now, it's been going since yesterday. 91 and a half gigabytes 
out of a out of the total of 178 gigabytes. So I still have a lot to go. And I don't know how long it'll take. But all the documents, all the pictures, everything. And then once here's the thing. Once I <laughs> once I get it all in the cloud and set up the new computer, I'm not sure how to get it on the computer. Like, do you just leave it in the cloud, Aaron? Does everything just stay in the cloud? But how do I how do I open it then? You, I mean, you can always access the cloud. Yeah, but that, but do I have to always access the cloud? Like right now, I click, you know, I click my uh, my little folder down there at my file explorer, and then all my things open up. I mean, that works too, right? Yeah, that would. That's how it all works. But this stuff I just put on the computer it was never in the cloud. This was just. Uh, scanning it or download or you know whatever. Now, now all my stuff, I'm trusting it to some mysterious cloud. And I know I sound like an old man now, but that's I felt that that yesterday where I was like, all right, I'm completely baffled. But then I figured some stuff out, and all right, we're uh, you know we're gonna get this uh, we're gonna get this taken care of. But I don't know I you know other than googling it or having a uh, an IT person on on retainer. I don't know. Because when you Google it, like anytime I try to Google a question, I try to make it the question as simple as possible, right? Because it's using all the words that you put in there. So you can't be too loquacious. But I always seem to word it the wrong way, and I'm getting all these results that are nothing. So I love technology. I am not a Luddite, but sometimes technology is my nemesis. And today it's my nemesis. I have a feeling I'm going to have to be uploading things to the cloud for another day or so. And then who knows? Who knows where they are? Uh, hi, Brian. Happy thank you in the Philippines. Oh, listen, we're big in the Philippines. This old man radio where a guy uh, where a guy just shakes his fist at a computer, huge on an international level. So Max probably didn't know that coming into this show. It's, oh, man, it's big time. Big time in areas where people are uh, confused about technology. All right. You know what else I'm confused about? Florida in general. Uh, I'm also confused about bears on crack. How do those two things go together? We'll get into it after this on WTMJ Nights. All right, new WTMJ Nights. Oh, all right, Florida. I think we can all agree Florida is a place where sanity goes to die. Uh, I have a brother who lives there. He's still sane, but he's fighting it every day. He's trying to give in to the uh, to the insanity of Florida, but he's still tethered in reality. So he's having a hard time uh, dealing with some of this. We hear Florida stories all the time, really stupid Florida stories. I did not realize that Florida was a hotbed for bears on crack. And that is a quote, not from just some lunatic on the street. Uh, it's a lunatic who actually got himself elected to uh, the uh, state legislature in Florida. He is a Republican state rep, and uh, he wants... We, you've heard of the stand-your-ground law, right? Where if somebody breaks into your house, and it's in some states, I am not uh, can't remember exactly if it's here in Wisconsin or not, but if somebody breaks into your house, you legally can shoot them because they are invading your place, you feel a threat, it is a stand-your-ground. Well, now this guy has introduced a bill that would enact a stand-your-ground type of law against a scourge 
of what he is describing as Bears on Crack, which is a great band name. It's also a great name for like a street gang, Bears on Crack. Um, He's saying that there's a scourge of bears that are kicking people's doors down in the middle of the night. I believe this guy may be sampling his product too much. I have not, listen, I follow Florida news a lot. I am always looking for good stories out of Florida. Um, however, I have yet to run it. I've seen stories about bears in a hot tub, uh, bears on a porch, bears breaking into a car, but never bears kicking down doors in the middle of the night. But, you know, state legislatures don't have a lot to do, he said sarcastically. They've got, they've got, you know, all the big problems of Florida are handled. You know, they've killed woke. That's done. Whatever that meant. Uh, you know, they, they banned some books. They're, they're good down there. So now they got to turn to bears on crack. So he introduced this law, which would allow Floridians to shoot bears if they fear, quote, imminent threat of death or serious bodily injury, which, you know, if you encounter a bear, that's a normal feeling to be worried that they're going to rip your lungs out, Jim. But that's a werewolf, and that's in London, so don't worry about it. He introduced the bill titled Taking of Bears. Uh, according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, black bears are the only species of bear found in Florida. Hmm. Could there be undertones to this? I don't know. Uh, he told the committee, this bill is not about bears. And why did you name it taking of bears? And why are you saying bears are on crack and kicking in doors? He said, according this again, is uh, State Representative Jason Schof, bears are cute and cuddly and an amazing creature. Those aren't the bears we're talking about in this bill. We're talking about the ones that are on crack, and they break your door down, and they're standing in your living room growling and tearing your house apart. He has got to be hallucinating. How? All right, let's go on to see what he says. So when you run into one of these crack bears, you should be able to shoot it, period. I think this is just going to lead to people going out looking for crack bears. They're not going to wait till they, and then they're going to drag them into their living rooms and go, he came inside. He also uh, was very sad that Floridian. <laughs> I'm sorry to be laughing. But this is the kind of idiocy that we deal with. He lamented that Floridians can fatally shoot other people without fear of reprisal, but aren't afforded the same liberty when it comes to bears. We should be able to shoot and kill all species on the planet with no repercussions. That's Florida. Uh, he went on to say, if a person approached you in your carport at night and you shot them, there's no chance you'd be arrested. But with an animal... You're putting your life, your future in the hands of a wildlife officer and their decision-making at the moment. Well, yeah, they're trained for that. Plus, if the wildlife officer is there, what are you afraid of? Anyway, um, they analyzed this. Uh, human bear conflicts in Florida are uh, blamed on the fact that, guess what? They're building so much in Florida, the bears have nowhere to live, so they're just wandering around. And then people are feeding the bears. And guess what? When you feed a bear, they're going to come back because you gave them food. Um, one Democratic rep uh, who questioned this 
said, uh, hey, uh, why do we need to kill the bears? Why can't we just tell people to maybe, you know, secure their garbage cans? And he said, well, that is a problem. But uh, it's ultimately unsolvable. That's true. Telling a human with supposedly a rational mind to make sure that you put away your garbage and secure it, just like, you know, if you're at a campground and you see the bear-proof garbage cans and stuff, he said you're always going to have garbage left out. Garbage in the streets, garbage unsecured. Uh, it's an attractant. It definitely is. Yes, it is. So they're saying people are leaving out their garbage. They're feeding the bears, and the bears are coming. Nowhere in this story did it say where the bears are getting their crack. Who's dealing to the bears? That's what I want to know. How does a bear pay for crack? He doesn't have money, so I'm guessing other ways that we don't want to talk about on a family radio station. These bears are these bears are giving it up for crack. Trying to chase that dragon, get that glass pipe. So if you're going to visit Florida, I don't know what to tell you. Be careful. Obviously, crack bears are roaming the streets, kicking in people's doors. All right, on a on a more on a nicer note. And here's a programming note for Aaron and uh, and Max. We're just going to go to 56. Today's the big day, friends. St. Patrick's Day is officially here. I know it's more than a month and a half away, six weeks away from St. Patrick's Day, but it's really St. Patrick's Day. You know why? Because the Shamrock Shake is back, along with the Shamrock McFlurry. Aaron, you a big fan of the Shamrock Shake, or do you uh, do you stay away from sweets of all types? I I am a sucker for sweets. I don't do McDonald's too often though, so no, I don't do the Shamrock Shake too much. Okay, I don't either. I try. Usually, I have maybe one one a season, but that could skip. And usually, it's because my daughter will. My daughter's a sucker for the Shamrock Shake. She doesn't go to McDonald's very often either, but the Shamrock Shake brings her in. And I fell victim to the Grimace Shake. I don't know if you remember that a couple months ago. It was Grimace's birthday, and they had a Grimace Shake. And I got sucked in and went and got a Grimace Shake. Uh, but anyway, I'll have like one if my daughter's coming over. But they're back. People very happy about them. They went on sale today along with the Oreo Shamrock McFlurry. Uh, so they came early this year. They, if, you, if you're, I don't know, from another planet or you're a bear on crack, you may not know what a shamrock shake is. It's vanilla soft serve with mint syrup. Uh, then it's topped with whipped cream, which is, that's what, that's what ruins it for me. I don't like the whipped cream on the shake. That's it. And then the Oreo shamrock McFlurry is being brought back. Uh, that's the same thing, basically. It's a shamrock shake, but it's got crushed Oreo pieces in it. And um, there you go. And they are available through late March. So there you go. Happy St. Patrick's Day already. Uh, what have we learned today on the big show? To be uh, afraid of bears on crack. Get yourself a shamrock shake. That old people and computers, meaning me, sometimes don't mix. And that if you have a landline, your days are numbered. That's a pretty educational show for an hour. Uh, so, oh, here we go. Ranger Rick is the dealer, according to, uh, according to one of our texters. Mm, that could be. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the program. Aaron, thank you. Max, tomorrow it's just you and me. I don't know how. Uh, Aaron, how does he seem? Does he seem confident? Does he seem afraid? Does he seem like this is a bad idea already? Oh, no. He's cool, calm, and collected, Brian. I think he's ready for you. Uh, 
I'm going to shake that up tomorrow. We'll, we'll get it figured out. All right. Thanks again for listening. Aaron, Max, thanks for all your help. I will talk to you tomorrow at 7 after the news. It's Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. Have a great night. It's WTMJ.